That there is one way that is correct, that is right. And if we want to be those who are successful, al-muflihun in this world and in the hereafter, then we have to follow the way that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has shown to us. And we have to leave all other ways. Because of all other ways, their end is what? Failure, loss in this world as well as the hereafter. Whether it is the way of al-ladhina kafaru, or it is the way of the munafiqeen, or it is the way of the fasiqeen. There's only one right way. And this fact has been clearly established. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala invites all of mankind to His worship. Ya ayyuhal nas, u'budu rabbakum. Worship your Lord. Why worship your Lord? Because that is the purpose of your creation. As it was illustrated by the story of Adam alayhi salam as well. In the following ayat, we will study about the Bani Israel. The following verses are addressed to who? The Bani Israel. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is specially inviting them to the worship of Allah, to following the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam. In the previous ayat, we have learned about two things. One, the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that Allah alone deserves worship. And secondly, belief in the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam and following him as well, following the Qur'an. So after inviting the entire mankind, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala especially invites who? the Bani Israel, to his worship and to belief in the Messenger ﷺ. The question is, who are these people? Who are Bani Israel? And why is Allah inviting them, calling them separately? Why is it so? The Bani Israel, have you heard of this term before? Are you somewhat familiar with it? The Bani Israel are the descendants of Yaqub ﷺ. Who is Yaqub ﷺ? The son of Ishaq who was the son of Ibrahim Remember we learned at the end of the story of Adam that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said when he sent Adam and Hawa both to this world that فَإِمَّا يَأْتِيَنَّكُمْ مِنِّي هُدَى فَمَنْ تَبِعَ هُدَايَ فَلَا خَوْفٌ عَلَيْهِمْ وَلَا هُمْ يَحْزَنُونَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that he would send guidance. Allah would send guidance. And what is that guidance? Revelation. To messengers, the books that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent. So Adam alayhi salam, who was he? Abul Bashar. He was a father of mankind. And after him, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent many messengers to the people of this world. Why? Because every now and then, people lost guidance. How? They went astray. They started worshipping idols. They started to forget what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted from them. They started to forget the purpose of their creation, the purpose of their lives. So this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent many, many messengers. Amongst them were who? Nuh alayhi salam. You know why Nuh alayhi salam was sent? Because the people started worshipping idols. Nuh alayhi salam. Similarly, Idris alayhi salam. Similarly, Shu'ib alayhi salam. Hud alayhi salam. All of these messengers were sent. Why? In order to guide people. And then finally, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also sent who? Ibrahim alayhi salam. After Ibrahim alayhi salam, all of the messengers who came were from his descendants. So you understand? 
آدم علیہ السلام آفٹر ہم مینی میسنجرس کیم پتا ابراہیم علیہ السلام آفٹر ہم آل آف دا میسنجرس کیم فرام ہو ہز چلڈرن ہز ڈسینڈنٹس ابراہیم علیہ السلام ہیڈ ٹو سنس ہو پروفٹس وچ ونس اسماعیل علیہ السلام اینڈ اسحاق علیہ السلام اسماعیل علیہ السلام ہو واز ہی ہی واز دا ون ہوم ابراہیم علیہ السلام سیٹلڈ ان مکہ ان اریبیا وتھ ہز مدر ریمبر دا اسٹوری وین ہی واز اے چائلڈ اینڈ ہی واز تھرسٹی ہی واز کرائنگ اینڈ ہز مدر واز لوکنگ فار واٹر ہیجر اینڈ شی رین فرام صفا ٹو مروا لوکنگ فار واٹر اینڈ دین ایونچولی شی کیم بیک اینڈ شی فاؤنڈ اے اسپرنگ واز فلوئنگ فرام بینیتھ دا فیٹ آف اسماعیل علیہ السلام So he was in Makkah and he lived there. He grew up over there. He married over there. And his children, they are known as, you can say, the Arabs. Not all of the Arabs, but you can say that his children were who? The Arabs. They are known as Banu Ismail, the people of Arabia. Which prophets came from Banu Ismail? After Ismail a.s. No messenger came from the children of Ismail a.s. except for Muhammad a.s. And he came after thousands of years. thousands of years now on the other hand was who ishaq alayhi salam ishaq alayhi salam the son of ibrahim alayhi salam the other son where was he he was in palestine and his son yaqub alayhi salam had 12 sons of these 12 sons was also yusuf alayhi salam now these 12 sons they are who originally bani israil Because Yaqub alayhi salam, their father, his title was Israel. His title was what? Israel. So his sons, the twelve sons, what were they known as? Bani Israel. But not just those twelve sons. Their children and their children for generations and generations and generations until today in fact. Who are they? Bani Israel. Now the Bani Israel, among them, which messengers came? Musa alayhi salam. Dawood alayhi salam, Sulaiman alayhi salam, Zakaria alayhi salam, Isa alayhi salam, Yahya alayhi salam. All of these messengers were from who? The Bani Israel. So you see on one hand, Bani Ismail, which prophets came? Only one, the last messenger. On the other hand, the Bani Israel, how many messengers came? Thousands and thousands. It is said about 4,000 messengers were sent to them. According to a statement, about 4,000 messengers were sent to them. And this is why the Bani Israel were very, very special people. How? That they were children of who? Prophets. Just imagine, they were the children of the prophets of Allah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent many messengers to them. He sent various books to them. Musa alayhi salam, what did he bring? The Torah. Dawood alayhi salam, what did he bring? The Zabur. Isa alayhi salam, what did he bring? The Injil. So imagine, many books were sent, many messengers were sent. And they were very special people. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bestowed many, many special favors upon them. When Fir'aun had enslaved all of them, Allah sent Musa alayhi salam to free them. So that they would be saved, Allah caused the entire sea to split in half. Isn't that amazing? Does that happen today? That the sea is split for a people? We've never seen it. We cannot even imagine it. Similarly, when they were in the desert without any food or water, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent man and salwa upon them. Special food from the heavens. And there were many other blessings that were given to them. But why? Why is it that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose them? Why is it that He sent messengers from among them to them? Why is it that He sent so many books to them? Why not some other people? What was so special about them? Why them? Because Allah gave them the responsibility to convey the message to the rest of mankind as well. 
Allah chose them, sent messengers to them, sent books to them. Why? So that they would follow the guidance and they would also tell other people about it. But what did Bani Israel do? What they did was, they eventually stopped following the guidance that was sent to them. They drifted away from their religion. And they considered the deen to be exclusively for themselves. Which is why they stopped telling the rest of people to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You understand what they did? They were told to convey the message. They kept it to themselves. And they thought very highly of themselves. We are chosen people. We are special people. We are the children of the prophets. We have the books. And the rest of the people, they're illiterate. They know nothing. They're going to hellfire. And we are the best of all. Do we think like that today? I think we do. Because it's sad that we think we are the best and we don't care about the rest of mankind. We don't care whether they're going to hell, whether they're going to suffer the punishment of the grave. Leave them. Just mind your own business. Be proud of being a Muslim and don't care about the rest of the people. This is exactly what the Bani Israel did. So what did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala do then? He kept sending messengers again and again and again to remind them of their purpose, to teach them. But what did they do? Some messengers they denied, other messengers they killed. And the final messenger that was sent to them from their lineage was who? Isa a.s. The Bani Israel, what did they do to him? They tried to kill him. They tried to kill him. And then that was it. No more messengers were sent from among them. No more books were sent specially to them. For 600 years, the Bani Israel waited and waited. Who's going to be the final messenger? For 600 years, no messenger was sent. And finally, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent who? Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa But not from Bani Israel. He was from who? Bani Ismail. They were told to convey the message to the rest of mankind. They didn't do it. So Allah took that responsibility away from them and He gave it to who? Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa And He was sent as a messenger to who? All of mankind. Which is why we see that today... Muslims are not just of one race. We don't share the same lineage, no. We share the same faith. But our backgrounds are completely different. But we see that the Bani Israel, the Jews, the Jewish people, what did they do? Who were they? They just shared their lineage and their faith. They did not tell any other people about it. Now, who are the Christians? The Jews are who? Bani Israel. And who are they? The descendants of Yaqub a.s. Who are the Christians? Where did they come from? There are those people who believed in Isa a.s. Isa a.s. when he came, those people who believed in him, what did they do? They did not just keep the message to themselves, but rather they spread the message to other people as well. To non-Bani Israelis as well. You understand? Up until now, the religion was limited to who? The Bani Israel, the Jewish people. Those who believed in Isa a.s. they said, no, it's not just for us, it's for all of mankind. So they spread everywhere. So that is where the split came. There were only the Jews. Now, there was a branch of the Christians. The Jews continued in their own ways, rejecting Isa a.s. And then finally, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent who? Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Now, the Jews and the Christians, together, they are known as who? Ahlul Kitab. What does it mean by Ahlul Kitab? People of the book. Why are they called people of the book? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent books to them. The Jews, which book did they follow? The Torah. The Christians, which book did they follow? In addition to the Torah, the Injil. Right? On the other hand, the Arabs, they were known as Ummiyun. You know what Ummiyun means? Unlettered people, illiterate people. 
Why were they known as unlettered people? Because they had no divine scripture. Until Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent the Qur'an for all of mankind. I'm clarifying all of these terms for you because I'm going to use them a lot in the following verses. Okay, in the next few lessons we're going to be using these terms a lot. So I want you to know the exact background, the exact meaning. A quick review, who are Bani Israel? Descendants of Yaqub alayhi salam. In other words, they are the Jewish people. On the other hand, the Christians, who are they? Those who followed Isa alayhi salam, who believed in him and followed him. Together, the Jews and the Christians, they're known as Ahlul Kitab. What was their responsibility? Why did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala choose them? To follow the guidance and to also convey this message. When they didn't do it, then Allah took that responsibility away from them. And He gave it to who? The Prophet ﷺ, who performed that task in the best way. And after him, who is responsible to convey this message forward? All of the Muslims, including you and I. So keeping this background in mind, we're going to study the following ayat. Now, in the following ayat, remember that many things are mentioned. First of all, the Bani Israel are being invited, being addressed directly. Allah is reminding them of the blessings that He bestowed on them in the past. And at the same time, they're also reminded of the many crimes that they committed. Why? Is it because the Qur'an is anti-Semitic? The Qur'an is against the Jewish people? Is that so? That's not the reason. Think about it. How would you correct someone? If somebody is making a mistake, how do you correct them? You make them understand about all the good that has been done to them. You remind them. And at the same time, you also make them realize about the wrong that they're committing. For example, if a child is not studying properly, the mother says, Look, I don't ask you to do any housework. Nothing at all. Yet, you don't study. I will pay for your fees. I will cook anything for you. I will buy you anything. Just study. So we see that the mother is reminding the child of the favors and at the same time reminding him of the mistakes that he is making. That you didn't study then, you didn't study then, yet you didn't do this, yet you didn't do that. Why? Is it because she hates the child? What's the reason? To correct him. This is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addresses the Bani Israel in this way in the Qur'an. And also their mistakes, the mistakes that the Bani Israel committed are preserved in the Qur'an. Why? For us to learn lessons from. That when we study these verses, we don't say, Oh, how corrupt were the Jewish people? Oh, look at them. Look at the crimes that they committed. Look at how ungrateful they were. No, we will not study these verses in this manner. We are going to study these verses, keeping our eyes fixed on who? Ourselves. This is what they did. Am I doing the same thing in any way? Am I making the same mistake? Am I being ungrateful in the same way? So, their crimes are preserved in the Qur'an. Why? So that we take a lesson from them. We don't repeat those mistakes. We don't commit them. The Jewish people are, you can say in a way, a race as well. They are originally from the land of Palestine, originally, because Yaqub was where? In Palestine. And in order to be of them, you have to be born amongst them. And if you convert, it's a very, very long process and it's very complicated. But generally, it doesn't happen. Inshallah, many questions that you have will be clarified as we study. A'udhu billahi minash shaitanir rajeem. Bismillahir rahmanir rahim. Ya bani Israel. O children of Israel. Ya. What does ya mean? Oh, this is harf nida. Just as we learned, ya ayyuhan nas. Ya bani Israel. Allah is calling them. He is addressing them. The word bani is actually banina. Banin. There's supposed to be a noon at the end. Okay, in the original spellings of the word. 
But the noon has been dropped. Why? Because Bani is being attached with Israel. Those of you who are familiar, mudaf mudaf ilay. Those of you who don't know, think of it as if I never said anything. Okay? So ya Bani Israel. Bani is the plural of Ibn. And what does Ibn mean? Son. And bint is daughter. Bani sons. Sons of who? Israel. Who is Israel? Israel was the laqab. It was the title of who? Ya'qub a.s. And Israel is actually a Hebrew word. It's not an Arabic word. It's actually a Hebrew word. And what does it mean? It is said that it means Abdullah. Slave of Allah. Isra gives the meaning of slave, servant. And il is in place of Allah. So Israel, servant of Allah. It is an opinion. So Israel, who was he? Ya'qub a.s. Bani Israel. What does it mean? Sons of Ya'qub a.s. But was it only men? Was it only boys? From his descendants. Obviously there had to be some women, otherwise how would the generations continue? So why is Bani only used? Because we see that the word Bani is used to refer to a qabila, a nation, a tribe as well. For example, it is said, Banu Asad. Banu Asad does not just refer to the males of that tribe, but rather the entire tribe. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala calls human beings, Ya Bani Adam, O sons of Adam. Doesn't mean only sons? No, it means children. Okay? So when the term Bani is being used for a group of people, like a tribe or a nation, then who does it refer to? The men as well as the women amongst them. Because if you think about it, how does the lineage continue? Through who? Through the male, through the father. For example, whose last name do you get? Your father's, not your mother's. Okay? So, Ya Bani Israel, O children of Israel. Who are these Bani Israel? It is referring to, in the context, the Jews as well as the Christians at the time of the Prophet. You might say, but we learned that Bani Israel is only for Jews. But why Jews and Christians? Because at that time, while the Prophet ﷺ was alive, and in Medina when the surah was revealed, who was present in Medina? Only the Jews. Only Bani Israel are mentioned. Why? Because only the Jews were present in Medina at the time when these verses were revealed. There were three Jewish tribes residing in Medina. Banu Nadir, Banu Qaynuqar, Banu Qurayza. These three tribes were residing in Medina. The question is why were they residing in Medina? in Arabia, when they were originally from Israel, Palestine. Because they knew that the final messenger was supposed to come. And according to the description that they had in their books, he was to come in a place that is like Medina. Meaning the description that they had found was exactly of the city of Medina. So this is why they went to Medina and settled over there, in hopes that the last messenger would come from among them. So they were expecting the final messenger. So Allah says, Ya Bani Israel, O children of Israel, Udkuru ni'mati, remember my blessing, remember my favor. Which favor? Allati an'amtu alaykum, which I bestowed upon you. Udkuru. Udkuru is from Dhal Kaf Ra, dhikr. What does dhikr mean? Mention. Like for example, we are doing dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What does that mean? You're mentioning His praise, His glory. Okay? Dhikr. To mention. To mention something where? At the tongue. 
or in the heart. But the word dhikr also means remember what was forgotten. Recall, bring to mind what you're not thinking about. So you were not attentive of it before and dhikr is to remember it, recall it, think about it. So ulkuru ni'mati, remember, bring to mind my favor. Ni'mati is from noon ayn meem, ni'mah. What does ni'mah mean? Blessing, favor. So remember my favor. But remember that the word ni'mah, it appears to be singular. However, it's one of those words in the Arabic language that may also give the meaning of plural in certain contexts. You have wahid, singular. You have tathniya. What is tathniya? I told you earlier. Dual. It refers to two. You have jamr. Plural. And then you have an ism jins. What is ism jins? Ism jins can be used for singular as well as plural. It's like a generic word. It can be used for singular as well as plural. It appears to be singular, but in some contexts it may give the meaning of plural. So ni'mati doesn't mean one blessing that Allah gave to them. What does it mean? All of the blessings that were bestowed upon them. So remember my blessings which I bestowed upon you. Allati, that which, an'amtu, an'amtu, I blessed. Same root, noon ayn meem. Alaykum, upon you. What does it mean by this? Allati an'amtu alaykum. Meaning, it's the blessing that I gave especially to you. The blessings that I bestowed only on you. And I did not give to anyone else but you. Blessings that were exclusively given to you. And allati an'amtu alaykum. Meaning only Allah bestowed those favors upon them. They could not have gotten them from anywhere else. Which blessings are these? That were given to Bani Israel? These blessings are many, many blessings. Numerous blessings were bestowed upon the Bani Israel. If you think about it, we can categorize them in three ways. First of all, worldly blessings. Worldly blessings. Like for example, wealth. Sulaiman when he was the king and the prophet of Bani Israel, the Bani Israel were very wealthy, very wealthy. When Dawood when he was the king, again, they had a lot, a lot of worldly blessings. Wealth as well as kingship, authority. That imagine, the prophet of the time was not just a prophet, but he was a king. And imagine they had such a huge empire, such a huge area, in which they lived peacefully. And at the same time, they also had many, many conquests. Secondly, after the worldly blessings, religious blessings. Many prophets were sent to them. Books were sent to them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told them about the purpose of their life. Just imagine, in the past, civilizations, nations, they have struggled to find out what the purpose of life is. They have done one thing after the other, trying to figure out why we are here, what we're supposed to do. And this is why so many philosophers came about and so many theories and so on and so forth. But imagine the Bani Israel had it all along. Isn't that a huge blessing? It's a huge blessing. The blessing of religion, the blessing of Iman. Similarly, they were given one other type of blessing, which was the special favors that were bestowed upon them just because they were the chosen people. For example, they were all enslaved by Fir'aun. But Allah sent His Prophet to save them. They were in the desert, hungry, thirsty. Allah sent Man and Salwa upon them. So many blessings were bestowed upon them. 
We learn in Surah Al-Ma'idah, ayah number 20. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَإِذْ قَالَ مُوسَى لِقَوْمِهِ يَا قَوْمُ اُذْكُرُوا نِعْمَةَ اللَّهِ عَلَيْكُمْ Musa a.s. said to his people, the Bani Israel, that, O oh my people, remember the favors of Allah upon you. إِذْ جَعَلَ فِيكُمْ أَنْبِيَاءِ When he made amongst you prophets, religious blessing. وَجَعَلَكُمْ مُلُوكًا And made you kings, worldly blessing. وَآتَاكُمْ And he gave you مَا لَمْ يُؤْتِ أَحَدًا مِنَ الْعَالَمِينَ And he gave you what he did not give to anyone from the people of the world. Special blessings bestowed upon them just because they were the chosen people. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling them, O Bani Israel, remember my favors upon you. Why is this being said? Why would you tell somebody, remember the favor that I've done to you? Why? In order to bring about feelings of gratitude in them. In order to make them grateful. So, Udkuru ni'mati, what does it mean? Be grateful for the blessings that I have given you. Remember them. Remember the blessings. Meaning, be grateful for them. And remember, remembering includes remembering it at one's tongue. Remembering it in one's heart. And showing that you remember the blessings how? By the actions that you perform. So through your limbs. Because remembering the blessing is in fact gratitude. So you express gratitude how? Either at your tongue by saying Alhamdulillah. Or in your heart when you're overwhelmed with the feelings of gratitude. Or through your limbs when you obey. When you do what you're supposed to. So udkuru ni'mati. الَّتِي أَنْعَمْتُ عَلَيْكُمْ I bestowed only upon you. I did not give it to anyone else but you. Only I gave them to you. You could never have attained them yourselves. أَلَّتِي أَنْعَمْتُ عَلَيْكُمْ And then Allah also says to them, وَأَوْفُوا وَوْفَا وَفَا وَفَا means to fulfill something. Whether it is a promise or a term that you have committed to, it is to fulfill it. To not give less. To not fall short. So أَوْفُوا all of you fulfill. What should you fulfill? Bi'ahdi, my covenant. Ahd, ain hadal, covenant, promise, which is made in order to fulfill, in order to live by. So, awfu bi'ahdi, fulfill my promise. And if you fulfill my promise that I took from you, then what will I do? Ufi, I shall fulfill. Ufi, also from the same root. Wafaya. If you fulfill your promise, I will fulfill. With your promise. You fulfill my promise, I will fulfill your promise. In other words, you do what you're supposed to do. And when you do that, I will do what I'm supposed to do. Awfu bi'ahdi, ufi bi'ahdikum. The question is, what is this promise referring to? What is it that the Bani Israel promised Allah they would do? And what is it that Allah promised Bani Israel that He would do in return? We learn about it in Surah Al-Ma'idah, ayah number 12. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us that وَلَقَدْ أَخَذَ اللَّهُ مِثَاقَ بَنِي إِسْرَائِيلِ That certainly Allah took the covenant from the children of Israel. وَبَعَثْنَا مِنْهُمُ اثْنَيْ عَشَرَ نَقِيبًا And we raised among them twelve, you can say leaders, we appointed amongst them twelve leaders. Why? In order to guide them. وَقَالَ اللَّهُ إِنِّي مَعَكُمْ And Allah said, I am with you. Meaning my help is with you. I promise you my help, my assistance. When? On the condition that, لَئِن Write this down, أَقَمْتُمُ الصَّلَاةَ You establish the prayer. Secondly, وَآتَيْتُمُ الزَّكَاةَ And you give the zakah. Thirdly, وَآمَنْتُمْ بِرُسُلِي And that you believe in my messengers. Fourthly, 
وَعَزَّبْتُمُوهُمْ And that you assist the messengers. And fifth, وَأَقْرَضْتُمُ اللَّهَ قَرْضًا حَسَنًا And that you give to Allah a good loan, meaning you spend in the way of Allah. This was something that the Bani Israel were supposed to do. Pray, give zakat, believe in the messengers, support them, spend in the way of Allah. So Allah is reminding the Bani Israel, fulfill your promise. You promised me that you were going to believe in my messengers. So believe in who? The final messenger that has come to you. Believe in who? Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Believe in him, follow him, and worship Allah in the way that he tells you to. Awfu bi'ahdi. And if you fulfill your promise, I will fulfill mine. Ufi bi'ahdikum. What was the promise that Allah made in return with them? In the same ayah, Ma'idah number 12, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, لَأُكَفِّرَنَّ عَنْكُمْ سَيِّئَاتِكُمْ Firstly, that I will forgive for you your sins, your mistakes. Any errors you make, I will forgive them. You pray, you give zakat, you believe in the messengers, you support them, you follow them, you spend in the way of Allah, and Allah will forgive your sins. Because after all, we're human beings, isn't it? No matter how much good we try to do, we fall short. So Allah promised them that He will forgive them their sins. And secondly, وَلَأُدْخِلَنَّكُمْ جَنَّاتٍ تَجْرِي مِنْ تَحْتِهَا الْأَنْهَارِ And surely I will definitely admit you into paradise. So five things they were supposed to do. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promised them two things in return. What? Forgiveness and paradise. So Allah is reminding them, fulfill your promise. Do what you said you would do. وَإِيَّايَ فَرْهَبُونَ and only me, Iyaya. Remember the word Iyaka? Iyaka, only you. Iyaya, only me. Farhabuni. So you all should fear me. Notice the word Farhabuni. It's a combination of three words. Fa, so, irhabu. All of you fear. And then you see the noon at the end? It has a kasra under it. Do you see the kasra under it? Ni is actually ni, meaning me. But the ya has been removed. Why? Just to make it easier for pronunciation. So, farhabuni, so you all fear me. And who does me refer to? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The word irhabu is from the root letters rahaba, rahb, rahba. And what does that mean? Extreme fear, shiddatul khawf. Such fear that makes a person anxious and that makes a person careful as well. Such fear that makes a person anxious as well as careful. So he becomes very careful about what he does. He becomes very attentive, very careful. So, وَإِيَّايَ فَرْهَبُونَ Only fear me. Meaning, only fear Allah. Concerning what? Concerning the fulfillment of the promise. In this ayah we see, three commands are being given to the Bani Israel. First of all, Allah tells them, Remember the blessings that I bestowed upon you. And this teaches us, that what are we supposed to do? Forget the blessings that Allah has bestowed upon us? Should we? Should we take them for granted? No. If they are told, remember the blessings, then what are we supposed to do? Remember the blessings as well. And just as the Bani Israel were given worldly blessings, religious blessings, are we not given the same? Think about it. The fact that you're a Muslim, isn't that a huge blessing? It's a huge, huge blessing. You know how valuable, how precious Iman is? You know how precious it is? On the Day of Judgment, if a person were to offer... The entire earth's fill of gold. Imagine the entire earth made of gold and everything in it of gold as well. How much money is that? You can't even comprehend it. If a person were to offer this much money on the day of judgment, 
so that he is freed from the hellfire, it will not be accepted. On the other hand, if a person comes with La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah, he will be admitted in paradise. Just imagine, the weight of La ilaha illallah is more than the entire earth's fill of gold. This is iman. This is how valuable it is. This is how precious it is. And Allah gave it to you, to many of us for free. We perhaps never even asked for it. We were born in a Muslim family, raised in a Muslim family. Ask those who were not born in a Muslim family. What struggle they go through to find the truth, to accept it, to live it. We face no challenges. The only challenge we face is perhaps ourselves. It's a huge blessing. So, udkuru ni'mati. We should not forget this blessing. We should also remember the blessings that Allah has bestowed upon us. Worldly blessings, religious blessings, the blessing of iman, the blessing of a healthy body, the blessing of food, the blessing of safety, security, countless blessings. And we should remember that only Allah has given them to us. If we tried anything in this world, we could not have obtained those blessings unless Allah gave them to us. Because Allati an'amtu alaykum. And remembering the blessings means what? Being grateful for them. Secondly, the Bani Israel were commanded to do what? Fulfill their promise. So that Allah will fulfill His promise with them. Similarly, we see that Allah has commanded us with many things as well. Hasn't He? Like for example, as Muslims, we are required to do certain things. We are required to stay away from certain things. This is exactly what the religion is about. So do what you're supposed to do and Allah will fulfill His promise, which is of forgiveness and reward and paradise. What do we think? Be a Muslim, meaning just say that I'm a Muslim, know that I'm a Muslim, and that's enough. I should be going to paradise. But what do we learn? You have to fulfill the promise. You have to live as a Muslim. Prove that you are a Muslim. You're supposed to do what Allah commanded you. When you do that, then you get paradise. You don't get paradise just by your whims and desires and wishes and hopes. No. You have to do something. Awfu bi'ahdi, ufi bi'ahdikum. And the third thing that's mentioned in this verse is, the third thing that the Bani Israel were commanded to do is what? That fear who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why fear only Allah? Because what's the challenge, what's the difficulty that we face in obeying Allah, in fulfilling our promise with Allah? People, what are they going to say? Oh, they're never going to allow me to do this. They're never going to let me do this. How can I do this in front of them? We are afraid. But Allah says, fear only me. When it comes to the religion, when it comes to the matters of the sharia, we are only to fear who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَإِيَّايَ فَرْهَبُونَ Because, إِنَّ بَطَشَ رَبِّكَ لَشَدِيدٌ The punishment of Allah is the greatest, is very severe. On the Day of Judgment, لَا يُوثِقُ وَثَاقَهُ أَحَدٌ No one can give the punishment like Allah gives. Meaning the punishment is the most severe. There is nothing comparable. Nothing comparable. So this is why, إِيَّايَ فَرْهَبُونَ Only fear me. Only fear Allah. Now does this mean we're not allowed to fear other things? Who fears spiders? Many people do. Does it mean you're not allowed to fear spiders? You're not allowed to be afraid of the dark? You're not allowed to be afraid of lizards and snakes and lions? Death? Is this what this ayah means? Fear only me and fear no one else? You see, people have fear which is natural. It's normal. It's natural to fear 
For example, a dog. I fear dogs. Anyway. Similarly, snakes, ants, okay? Anything that's harmful for you, and this is natural. We learn about Musa a.s. that when he was in front of the magicians of Fir'aun and magicians, they threw all of their sticks and ropes and they turned into snakes. Imagine, you're standing and in front of you, thousands and thousands of snakes. Wouldn't you freak out? Of course. Musa a.s. we learn in the Qur'an, فَأَوْجَسَ فِي نَفْسِهِ خِيفَةً He felt fear in his heart. The Prophet of Allah was afraid. Ibrahim also was afraid when the angels came to him in the form of people that he did not recognize. It's normal to have this fear. Which kind of fear is wrong? The fear that prevents you from obeying Allah. The fear that is more than your fear of Allah. Just as when it comes to loving Allah, we should love Allah the most, more than anything, anyone. Similarly, when it comes to fearing Allah, we should fear Allah the most. So, وَإِيَّايَ فَرْهَبُونَ Only fear me. Meaning, do what I have told you to do. So basically in this verse, the Bani Israel are being invited to do what? If you summarize, if you look at the message, what's the message of this verse? That they're being invited to believe in the Prophet ﷺ. And that's exactly what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions very clearly in the following verse. 